So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. I am super excited to be here with my beautiful and gorgeous co-host, Emily Jordan. And I'm Andrew. Um, This is going to be... I'm really excited about this podcast episode. It's... uh, uh, Sorry, I was kind of distracted because I was thinking of a podcast that I was listening to today, and they called it a pod, like on on today's pod. But it was like a an Australian podcast. So I don't, hmm. anyway, so on today's pod, uh, <laughs> Emily and I are going to be discussing one of our favorite topics in the Jordan household. What Gen is Con. that? Gen Con. <laughs> I don't know if anyone actually says Gen Con. Oh, but we said it in our last episode. So yeah, I just thought it was. Yeah. Well, in, in our home, we say Gen Con. Yeah. So Anyways, general, we... general conference. General and... conference. For the Church oh, and, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, burp, 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 burp. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. I was going to say, I do want to apologize if our audio sounds a little different or if our vibe sounds slightly different. This is our first time recording separately. Yes. I am traveling. She is abroad. I'm abroad. No, I'm not abroad. <laughs> You're abroad. But I'm traveling. You, you are abroad. <laughs> she's she's, um with the kids and and i am working at home so uh we are recording uh like we do with our guests which is kind of weird not having you yeah it feels it feels very formal and i feel like i'm gonna accidentally be just like talking over you so i hope it's not too annoying for our listeners yeah, and uh, it's, it's not nearly as comfortable because usually when we're recording, we are recording in our pajamas with our mic stand like over our bed. So we're just like laying in bed and recording. Yep. And this, is, this isn't as comfortable or as fun. So I'm sorry. I love you and I want you to not be there. <laughs> okay, so I love you. <laughs> anyway. So general conference, honey, how did you like it? Well, okay. Oh, this is different. This is already <laughs> different than I was expecting. I know. Okay, I do love, love, love general conference, and I, um, we just, I wasn't in our normal like general conference listening mode. Um, we were with family that was also watching it, but I was feeling very distracted because, like, when we're at home we can just have the kids go in the playroom and we get to enjoy it and watch it and soak it all in. But, um, this time we just, we had the kids kind of running around all over the place and, um, it was very hard for me to focus. So I felt like, like right after watching it, I was like, I love it, but I don't really know what I got. (laughs) Um, you are a creature of habit. Like, like for our listeners, they know you're, you're very much like your routine. Yeah. And when things are out, when you feel like out of your element, you kind of struggle to like be spiritually centered. Yes. And luckily though, since it's been a, it's been almost a week, I've had a chance to like listen to some of the ones that stood out to me 
and reread. And it's been really great to do that. So I'm excited to continue that. Um, another thing that I did that was different, which ugh, I'm still kicking myself for, but on last week's episode, we talked about note-taking. And so I was like, hmm, I'm going to switch up my note-taking. Bad idea, Emily. Bad idea. Bad idea. So <laughs> um, I decided I was just going to write down my thoughts and feelings about the talks instead of writing like who spoke and like a couple of points that I liked about what they're speaking in addition to those thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, okay, what did that thought or feeling like pertain to who was speaking? I don't even know. And so I just feel like it's, but, a but is it, mess. is it important for you to know? Well, it's important for the podcast episode, right? The most important part of general conference. No, that's not. Well, it, okay. So it's important for recording because it was very difficult for me to like think about, okay, what am I going to share here? But then it was also like, that's just how my memory works. And so I want to remember, I want to remember the talks. And I just feel like I couldn't do that because I, I need to see it all in writing. Anyways. So I'm very excited to review general conference. I'm probably more excited to review it this time than I've ever been to review it before. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sorry you had a, a hard time. That that was kind of a bummer. I know. I'm so sorry that that was such a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be like, general conference was amazing and to come out like, okay. I actually didn't really like it that much because I didn't really get that much. No, no, that's not what I meant at all. I do love it and I did like it. I just need more time. Okay. Did you get anything it. out of it though? Oh, yeah. 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 And that's what okay. we're going to share today. Okay. It's, it's just when you were talking about it, it kind of sounded like you were saying like, like I'm excited that it happened, but like it was kind of meaning pointless for me. And so oh, I was like, Oh, no, that's no, no, sad. No, no. I'm so sorry that it was so negative for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the way it was supposed to sound. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I just think that I was distracted and I took notes a little bit differently, which threw me off. I enjoyed general conference still, but I was thrown off. Okay. Yes. And I have thoughts to share. I'm prepared. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I think it's funny because I, I had like a little bit of a, I had a, a much, I say a very different experience. I was expecting to have a hard time actually, because mm. I am very particular about my conference time. I'm not as much of like a creature of habit as you are. Right. Um, like I right. don't have to have everything exactly right, but for me, when it's conference time, I don't want other things going on. I don't like when other conversations are happening. I don't really like to be, this is terrible. And I know I need to be better at this, but I have like, I, I, I'm just like very protective of my conference time. And so like when I'm with people during conference, I just want to make sure there are people who like want to focus on conference, <laughs> but I have four children that don't like to focus on conference. And so I was expecting to have a hard time with that, but actually I didn't have a hard time at all. I think I had a hard time with the women's session, Mm -hmm. but it was mostly because I was exhausted because we had, and uh, we watched it later, like late that evening. Yeah. Cause like your mom wanted to watch it with us, but she was out or something. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. And then there was a weird thing where it smelled like your house was on fire. Like her, your, her parents, Emily's parents' house was on fire. 
And yeah, so we were weird. walking around like, like, I don't Everyone know. Everyone was like sniffing, like excessively sniffing. Yeah, we were like it was sniffing, kind of hilarious. Like, like sniffing <laughs> electrical outlets because it's not like there was a, <laughs> there was an electrical fire. And so we're like walking around. <laughs> Even the kids were like, it's over here. It's over here. I'm like, okay, guys. <laughs> we are here. We never found what it was. So I, don't I think know. it was just the the pan when your, her mom was cooking non like and i think mm-hmm. it was reacting with the the old pan a certain way that made it kind of smell like an electrical that was interesting it was fun anyway so i uh i i thoroughly enjoyed conference i think i um i think the the vibe i got was different than i was expecting and i loved it so what vibe did you get so the vibe was different than what I was expecting. I think with everything crazy happening in the world, um, and a lot of us feel this way, like it feels like the second coming is getting close. Not just like closer, because like every day that passes is a day closer to the second coming kind of deal, but it feels like the Lord is hastening his work and you kind of feel the hastening. And so uh, with everything that was happening, I kind of expected there to be more of like a feeling of of hecticness as in like a a frenzy like i feel like there's an urgency but it doesn't really feel like we are like frenzied Mm. like kind of like you know when you get some of us when they're late get a little like like frustrated and frenzied and you just kind of flustered Flustered. You're talking about me. No. <laughs> the word I is would, flustered. <laughs> I would never. I feel like, like even if you've done your hair perfectly, as if you're late, like you start to get flyaways that are just like <laughs> hey. all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> just because okay. it's like your hair is capturing your energy. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I, for some reason in my head, and maybe because that's how I was feeling. I was feeling a little bit like that, but there was a sense of urgency and importance, but there's this, this phrase I really like, um, that like controlled and like the, the, it's not really a phrase. There's a good phrase for it, uh, but I can't remember the exact wording, but basically it's controlled and steady is fast. Right, so the, the best way to be actually fast is to be controlled and steady, and so you're not hurrying. You're just being controlled and intentional, and as you're doing that, that's what actually is going to make you really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, or controlled, it's like controlled, steady, and smooth. Or I can't remember. It's it's a something from, uh, like, not gun drawing. What's it called? Like weapons training. Like when you're pulling a pistol out of a holster and bringing it up on target, or you're pulling a rifle up from a ready up position um, and getting it on target. Like the way you do that effectively and quickly is actually just doing it smoothly and intentionally. Cause if you're trying to be really, really quick, you're getting a little jittery and you know, it's kind of like trying to quickly uh, or like hurry to put a, a key into the door to like unlock it. Like if you're, if you're trying to do it really fast, um, you usually end up doing it much more slowly because you don't put the key in directly right or it's at a weird angle. And 
or you grab the wrong key. And so the, the quickest way to usually do it is actually just to grab the key, move it slowly, steadily, or not slowly necessarily, but to move it smoothly and intentionally and then put it in the lock mm-hmm. and then turn it. And I, I very much felt like it was that. It was very smooth and intentional. And while there was an urgency, it was very calm. And for me, that was really powerful. And we talk about some more specifics as we go. Cool. Well, that kind of just leads right into um, a theme for me. I feel like when we kind of recap general conference, we like to address a couple of the main themes. Yeah. Um, Because for the most part, these speakers are just inspired by God and they don't like plan their talks with each other. You know, they don't know what the other is going to speak about. Um, And yet there seems to be themes, which to me is just amazing. And that just proves to me how much the Lord is talking to them and how like he's trying to prepare us. So one of the themes that I found was that calm theme was that like, there is so much chaos in the world and it's scary, but guess what? Like we have, we have the ability to feel peace and Mm -hmm. we have Jesus Christ who brings us peace and like we know that if we are righteous and if we're doing what we're supposed to, like we're going to win. Like Jesus Christ already won. Like just the, just this general theme of peace that we can feel it and we are in control of, of whether or not we are able to feel it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's really a lot like of, that. there's a lot of talk about like, uh, Vice President Nelson's opening talk was about this idea that you know, there's a lot of conflict in the world mm-hmm. and we can't really, we, we can't change the conflict in the world all that much. No one person is really going to have that much effect on what's happening. Right. Right. Even like the big, powerful, you know, presidents and prime ministers and whatnot they're not really able to do that much on their own. And especially, you know, us lay people out here who who don't have control of government, um, government power or anything like that. Our ability to influence those things is very limited, but what we can control and what we have ultimate control over is like our own personal peace, our own personal feelings and our own personal progression he even talked about Mm -hmm. how you you won't be able to control your family members you you can't control your kids you can't control your spouse but what you can control is yourself yeah i like that i think we'll just mention right here too because that's what we're talking about but um his commitment to all of us was to resolve a personal conflict whether that be like with the person or in your heart um, yeah, and th- that that's one way that you can bring peace into the world is to resolve your conflicts within yourself. Yeah, and specifically the invitation is, you know, if you if everyone's listening, kind of the day this comes out, I invite everybody to to participate in the in the challenge. He specifically challenged everybody to try and resolve one conflict before Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives us about a, a week or so. Two weeks? Oh no, a week. Yeah. yeah, two weeks from from conference, uh, about a week yeah. or so after. A week from today, this is coming out. So I think that's yeah. a a really cool thing. He said, "What what better way to show the Lord that you're appreciative of of His sacrifice and of His resurrection than by trying to 
utilize his atonement to become more like him and to 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 overcome conflict yes that's so good yeah okay did you have a theme that you would like to share oh i think the uh, hmm i think that that was a big theme for me honestly Mm -hmm. the the not necessarily just the peace but the fact that we are primarily responsible for taking care of ourselves. I think that that's who we can control. Right. Mm -hmm. And we need to get to a point where we are not judging other people, where we are not, uh, we are not so caught up in the dealings of other people that it's stopping us from being happy or stopping us from feeling the spirit. And, for a big one for me was uh, accepting that other people can believe differently and that not even accepting that people can believe differently because that, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, uh, but not, oh man. And I wish I had found the ver like the specific line that, from one of the talks I was uh, rereading this morning, but I couldn't find it, man, what was it? It was something along the lines of, of basically how we need to defend the church. I felt like there was a lot, I, I received a lot of clarity and answers about what defending the church actually looks like, what defending the gospel of Jesus Christ actually looks like. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that in more particulars as we discuss the talks. Yeah. So we're not going to do. Like, oh, go ahead. I remember ahead. that. Like, I remember what you're saying. I just can't remember who said it. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. A, it, there were bits and pieces of that idea kind of sprinkled throughout all of all like the whole. Yeah, conference. for sure. For um, sure. You know, and so much of it was so much of the emphasis was on the individual. I'm thinking of Sister Aburto from I think she's Guatemala, right? I think oh, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure she's from Guatemala or somewhere in in Central America, and she had a, a line that I really liked. I, I think she was actually quoting somebody, or she it might have been her. I don't remember. Anyway, she was talking or in her story, she was talking to this guy or somebody was talking to this guy. I'm just gonna say she was. I don't remember the context of the story actually. She was she was talking to this guy and said, "Hey, how are you guys doing? How's your family doing financially?" And the guy started crying and said, I'm, my family has been supported by fast offering funds for the past several months. I don't know where my family would be without the church. And she said, the church is made up of the individual members. And she emphasized that it was individuals that were supporting him in this, in in these hard times. So it's not like the amorphous church or this organization, really, it's these individual the people. The individual members are the ones who are who are um, paying fast offerings and and joyfully doing so and making it possible for him to receive that help. And so, putting the emphasis on the individuals. And I thought, um, and another thing she said that kind of goes along the same line of like the individual and the importance of like the individual experience was the there's a little boy who said that when he paid tithing 
he imagined that every dollar he paid in tithing would a new church was built using that one dollar. And he laughed and said, isn't that silly? And she said, isn't that wonderful? Like, did you imagine building a church every time you put a dollar in? And he laughed and said, yeah, I did. I could see the church in my mind. Every time I turn, put, I give the, the bishop a dollar, I, I imagine like a new church was being built somewhere. And the just like the real personal nature of that, uh, and like that wasn't trying to put him down or say, oh, you know, like churches actually cost hundreds of thousands of dollars or or whatnot, yeah. but because that, that wasn't the important part, right? It was about right. the individual making a choice and uh, personally, spiritually benefiting from that or growing or having having a personal spiritual experience having a personal (laughs) a personal spiritual experience why was that so hard personal spiritual experience personal spiritual experience with the savior yeah and so much of of conference to me reflected that idea of the individual and how important that like that the one is yeah yeah i really like that um a talk that I really loved. Can I share? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was Elder Neil L. Anderson's talk, Following Jesus, Being a Peacemaker. Which was so good. It was such it a good was talk. So, so good. It addressed so many things. That I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah. And we, we've um, had a, we've had a, uh, we had a whole podcast episode on being a peacemaker as opposed to a peacekeeper. Right. Way back yeah. when. Way back when. We can share that. I'll put that in the show notes. If anybody cares to listen to that, you know, how um, sometimes you like remember really random details. Like you remember like the first time you heard a song or like, yeah. some, like the first place you heard a song. I remember the taco stand we were at when we discussed doing the peacemaker episode. The taco stand. Yeah. It, it wasn't a taco stand. It was like a taco uh, restaurant. And they had like a lot of burritos. It was on ninth street in Provo down by Vasa where they had the old like swig drink place. Yeah. I, I kind of remember that location, but I don't remember having this conversation. Now. Yeah. We had parked there and I ran inside to grab it. We like talked about <gasps> it and then I yes. ran inside to grab it at the food. And then I came back out and then in the yes. car, we ate really quickly yes. before we had something and we had talked about it there in the car. So right. isn't totally it funny, that. funny how like yeah. sometimes like things are really strongly uh, affiliated with the, right. You yeah. get that, like those strong memories, I guess. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Talk about peace. No, I remember that now I do. Okay. So I just want to share like a quote from it and we can talk about it. Um, but I really loved how he talked about being a peacemaker and what that means. Um, and he touched a lot about like kind of on social media and I really appreciated that. So I'm going to share that. Um, it's a little bit lengthy, so I hope that's okay. No. Social media. So, okay. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love you. <laughs> okay. Social media posts of thoughtfulness and goodness are often quiet and under the radar while words of contempt and anger are frequently thundering in our ears. Whether with political philosophies, people in the news, or opinions on the pandemic, no one or no subject, including the Savior and his restored gospel, is immune from the social phenomenon of polarized voices. Um, went a little bit later. It says, we rejoice in the blessing of agency, understanding that there will be many who do not believe what we believe. 
In fact, few in the latter days will choose to make their faith in Jesus Christ central to all they think and do. Because of social media platforms, one voice of disbelief can appear to be multitude of negative voices, negative voices. But even if this is even if it is multitudes of voices, we choose the path of peacemakers. Um, and I just can like relate to that so much that um, it it is totally true that all of the negative and the scary and the the immoral um, on social media and in the media is like so like popular and so like widespread, like quick quick to be shared and um, and then all of the Christian stuff is like slower to be shared or liked or talked about and it just makes it feel like even if people um are agreeing with you and just not sharing or not commenting or not liking or whatever it is it just it makes you feel like oh it must mean that like evil is winning or something um and uh, to me it was it was a good reminder that like we choose the path of peacemakers and like we just keep on keep on chugging along and sharing the gospel and sharing um, uplifting things. And we're reaching more people than we think we are. So yeah. not every voice that you, not every voice is a bad voice on social media. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes and it feels like it is. Yeah, It's, it's really interesting problem because it's something that is, is pretty wide reaching and has some really damaging effects. This, this idea that, uh, the types of voices that get amplified in on social media because of the nature of the medium are n- almost always not the best voices, right? Like they, they tend to be in order to gain a lot of traction, you generally have to be loud or aggressive or angry because that, those are the things that, generally rile a lot of people up and and it might be the case that you know there are you know if you on social media especially on on facebook you'll get people who like share good like kind of like uplifted uplifting jesus type or jesus quotes type stories um but like my problem with those frankly is that a lot of them are fake like they're like the pictures of of like Jesus arm wrestling Satan saying like 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 or share if you want Jesus to win or stuff like that. If you or, don't share this, you don't believe in God. Yeah, or it's like these stories that are like so good they're too good to be true because they're not good to be true. Like somebody like in those cases, a lot of times people make up the story like the social media post so they can get lots of lots of shares. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I am extru- It's probably not good, but I'm super skeptical on social media of anything. You are. And yeah, you are. I am super skeptical, like way more skeptical than if I am in person and someone's telling me, like someone tells me a spiritual experience, I'm much more likely to believe it than if I see it written on, on social media. And, and that again, might just be part of the problem, right? Cause in, I think it's rarely going to be the case that a real sincere, deep, 
um, spiritual message is going to you're going to feel like you should share that on social media. I think it happens. And I think everyone, like we've all had those posts, right? Like you, you've come across like your friends who open up about a miscarriage or about struggling with depression or about uh, a deep spiritual conversion they felt when they were on their mission. Or So there are those posts, but they're so rare, right? Across all, if you look at all their posts, they're generally really rare. And the people who like talk about it a lot, for some reason, it's, it's like, it's a lot to read. It's a, like, it's a lot to feel like engaged in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the, like w- with spiritual things, like they're, they're, they're almost like a scarcity value. I don't really know where I'm going with this. this is, these are just some of my like open stream of consciousness thoughts. <laughs> like as you are, as you do what Mary did, I love what Mary or what it says Mary did in the new Testament where it says she, Oh, she pondered these things in her heart. Is that what it says? She pondered or she treasured them up or something like that. And she pondered them in her heart. So she had like these experiences and this exposure to angels and to the miracles of Christ. And she just pondered it up in her heart. And it was like a special sacred thing for her. And Mm -hmm. um, I know in my life that, when people share experiences with me, like spiritual experiences, if they're the type of person that generally like treasures them up in their heart, it means so much more to me when they're sharing it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so on on social media, it's hard to like consistently, I I don't know, maybe this isn't applied. Maybe maybe this is a completely different thought, but there it is. So maybe no, (laughs) no, we don't need to get anything. (laughs) Okay. Um, your thoughts are valid and appreciated always. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but a little bit further down, I just wanted to read this too. It says, although our humble desire is for the Savior's teachings to be honored by all, the words of the Lord through his prophets are often contrary to the thinking and trends of the world, which is basically what you just said. Boom. And it has it has always been so. The Savior said to his apostles, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. All these things will they do because they know not him that sent me. Okay, so to me, I just am comforted by that a little bit because um, just just Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ know exactly how that feels to be like shut down. Of course, Jesus knows exactly what that feels like. Um, and I can continue to put good content content out into the world and it can continue to be shut down, but at least it's like something good and uplifting and positive to put out there. And there was a, um, a quote or something that my MTC teacher shared with me. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, but she said, no effort is wasted and every effort is appreciated. Um, and I think that that applies here. It's like, um, God is, appreciative of our efforts to spread light and share goodness. Um, and it's not wasted. He's, I believe that he is taking that message and someone is going to benefit from it. Even if it's just one person, someone is going to benefit from it and feel the spirit. So, Yeah. And as you, you're trying to say good things, as you're trying to be a good voice on social media, uh, like you personally are going to be benefit from it. And oh, I think, sure. yeah. and I think being a peacemaker is not 
it's not just about specifically in this context of like social media, it's not just about posting really positive things about Christ. It's also like, how do you react to things when people say, like, how do you react to people who say mean things? Like, how do you react to uh, negative comments or to negative messages? Like, oh man, hun, like, remember that guy like a few months ago who like was laying into us or was laying into me, I guess. Oh, yes. Someone was very rude to you. And I was like, wow. Like I had made, like I had made a comment on somebody's post about something and, and it was really benign. It was like, uh, like, I don't remember what it was. It, it, It really wasn't even taking a stand. And it was just saying like, oh, like this is sad that this is so controversial or that people are tearing people down. That's all I really said. And this person just laid into me saying, I'm embarrassed. What did he say? I'm embarrassed of our association. Like, wow. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just had to take a step back and realize, okay. um, He thinks he probably thinks he's doing what Jesus wants him to do. He even said like, I, because of my relationship with Christ, I'm embarrassed of my association with you. Something along those lines. Okay. So it was, not just about posting positive things. Cause this was like in a DM interchange. Like it wasn't, no one was going to see this, but remembering that I am still representative of Jesus Christ. I still follow Christ. And so in everything I do, including how to, how I respond to angry DMS, like I need to represent the savior and do things as he would and try and make peace. Now, again, making peace, as we talked about in our peacekeeper versus peacemaker episode it's not just rolling over like you stand up for yourself and whatnot i I do think that part of being a peacemaker is standing up for righteous principles but it's also about kind of absorbing unfairness if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um because i think the savior part of what being a savior means is to say Hey, this is unfair. Like this, like this is, like this sucks. <laughs> uh, and somebody is instead of just saying this sucks or blaming other people, I'm just going to absorb the the suck, right? <laughs> uh, so, like with the Savior, there were lots. Like we were born into this fallen world. Like we we chose to come down here and whatnot, but we chose to come here. And, or we would come in here and we're in this fallen world and we're struggling. And some uh, some people die without any knowledge of Christ or some people die when they're children. So they didn't even have a chance to sin. So it wouldn't really be fair for them to be, to be punished forever. And it, there's so much unfairness and unjustness in the uh, unjustness. Is that a word? I'm going to say it. Unjustness in the world that, um, like it would be easy to get caught up in this blame game. But what the savior did is he said, Hey, I don't care whose fault it is. I'm going to take the unfairness upon myself. And so in my mind, being a savior that entails a certain degree of absorbing unfairness. And as Isaiah teaches, like we are meant to be saviors on Mount Zion and, you know, beautiful are the feet of, is it, how does the verse go? Beautiful are the feet of I'm the Savior. Boom. Yeah. And sometimes when I read that, I'm like, he probably didn't see my feet 
or he knew that I wouldn't be on the people among the people publishing piece. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I think a part of being a savior on Mount Zion is absorbing unfairness, and so that means you don't you you don't try and get even. You don't try and you know get one up on the other person. Mm-hmm. And Elder Anderson also said, like there were times where the savior answered them nothing yeah you know and sometimes he says there are times when being a peacemaker means that we resist the impulse to respond at all instead with dignity oh yeah yeah i love that so i i like that too because sometimes you feel like if you don't respond then like you're like telling them that they won or that like Mm -hmm. like or that you're like too good to respond or something but really it's like no we can just like be we can remain quiet with dignity and that can be our publishing piece. Yeah. So kind of in, in closing for, for me, at least I have just one more theme or yeah. talk I want to talk about. And mm-hmm. then you can, then you can wrap us up, babe, unless you have more you want to talk about. Okay. I loved president Oaks talk. Um, president Oaks, elder Anderson and elder Rasband. They all in my mind have very similar topics going along with this idea of like the last quote you read that mm-hmm. like our um the way that we defend the faith is it's not about it's not about apologetics it's not about like actively defending the doctrine in the sense of uh like putting out a thesis on the doctrine and explaining it in detail to people it's about living it and then and like that's it like it's about living it and then about about bearing testimony of it and then like letting it stand for its own worth like you don't Mm -hmm. need to go through and, and defend it because part of the problem is when you try and defend the doctrines of the church there's not always a, a clear logical reason why the doctrines are the way they are because we don't ha- always have an explanation for why the Lord has done what he has done or why things are the way they are. A lot of it's just the Lord's revelation and we can make up reasons and we can try and uh, we can try and guess or insinuate or say, Hey, this would make sense if it, if this was because of X, Y, or Z, but like it, it when we have faith in the Lord, it means that we put faith in his principles too. And we let his principles stand for themselves. Um, I was speaking to uh, a priesthood leader recently, and he said that he was told by a general authority that was in the area that it is a sign to him of a lack of faith and a lack of surety when individuals actively try and attack other uh, or like the beliefs of others or when they actively try and uh, logically defend their own beliefs. Mm. So like people who are like obsessed with like showing somebody why they're right or like getting in Facebook arguments about, <laughs> about their religion or about uh-huh. religious principles and why they're right. And the other people are wrong. That is usually a strong indicator to him, according to this leader, that they, that those individuals are struggling with their own faith. And 
kind of building on this, President Oaks talked about how the there are lots of kingdoms in our our father. Like the Lord has you know, lots of various kingdoms and mansions in in His home. So you know, the the base, the most basic way of separating those kingdoms are the celestial, celestial, or celestial, terrestrial, and celestial kingdoms, and the living according to a terrestrial law is a totally valid way to live, right? Like it is a completely acceptable, valid way to live. And and like, if you live that way, you will get a lot of glory. Like in that way, it's not the, it's not a wrong way to live. If you look at it in that perspective, you will get a terrestrial glory. And the same thing is true of telestial glory. Now, the thing is the church is not involved or engaged in teaching terrestrial law. Mm-hmm. Like that they're teaching you how to get to the terrestrial kingdom. The church is only engaged in teaching people how to get to the celestial kingdom. So if you don't want to get to the celestial kingdom and you want to do the terrestrial kingdom, that's totally fine. You just might not be comfortable in the church or you might not be comfortable like hearing the things the church leaders have to say, because they're trying to get you to the celestial kingdom because that's what the Lord's told them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said in his talk entitled divine love in the father's plan. In other words, the kingdom of glory we receive in the final judgment is determined by the laws we choose to abide by in our heavenly father's loving plan. Under that plan, there are multiple kingdoms so that all of his children can be assigned to a kingdom where they can abide. The teachings and policies of the Lord's restored church apply these eternal truths in a way that can be fully understood only in the context of our Heavenly Father's loving plan for all of His children. Thus, we honor individual agency. Most aware, or most are aware of the church's great efforts to promote, promote religious freedom. These efforts are in furtherance of our Heavenly Father's plan. We seek to help all of His children, not just our own members, enjoy the precious freedom to choose. And it's a great talk, so I won't like... There, there's so many good points in his talks and I won't go into great of detail. Go read it. It's awesome. But it's a really good one. To me, this is all part of this idea that individuals are we have to make our own choices, right? And the like we have to be okay with people not agreeing with us. And that doesn't mean that we think that their way is it, it how i say this their uh, other ways are equally valid ways because they they have they have a valid outcome but they're not equal they don't have an equal outcome right like living a terrestrial law and living a celestial law are both equally valid but they're not equal because they have different outcomes Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense to me. And and I love this because it's so it's so focused on the individual. And for me personally, it makes it so much easier for me to like not get so caught up in trying to prove the church to other people or trying to prove that other people are wrong or that our doctrines are like the doctrine of Christ are is fully correct and that the doctrines as they see it are are incorrect. Because I I can just be confident, like, hey, look, I'm living the gospel. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. 
and the doctrines there for them to see. And I'm obviously still talking to people about it. Like anyone who knows me knows I love to talk about the, the gospel and the doctrine in the church and, and all those things. But if, if they choose to like follow a, a terrestrial law, like that's totally fine. Like they have that right and they have that choice and it, it doesn't negatively affect me at all. Yeah. When you were talking about that, uh, that um, theme popped into my head, love, share, invite. Mm-hmm. And it's love, share, invite. It's not like love, share, pull, persuade, um, coax, argue. Yeah. Like there, no, there's no, there's no proving. Love, share, invite. There's no yeah. proving. Yeah. yeah there's, there's no, no proving, proving. There's no disagree. Yeah. Yeah. There's no debating. That. Awesome. It's just love, share, and invite. And then people don't want it. It's like, that's fine. Like you can do that. Like you can have as much light as you want, as much or as little light as, as makes you feel comfortable. You can do that. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I just want to share one more talk that I really love. Okay. If that's okay. Yes. Okay. So in, I believe this was in the women's session of conference. It's do what mattereth most by sister Craven. Um, and I just, this resonated with me a lot. So I will share a little bit about it. Um, sister Craven was talking with a young woman who asked a very sincere question. She said, sister Craven, how do you know that anything about the church is true? Because I feel nothing before jumping to an answer. I first asked her some questions. I being sister Craven, right. uh, tell me about your personal study. She replied, I don't read the scriptures. I asked, what about with your family? Do you study come follow me together? She said, no, I asked her, I asked her about her prayers. What do you feel when you pray? Her answer, I don't pray. My response to her was simple. If you want to know anything, you will have to do something. And I love that because I feel like whenever I, my spiritual, my spirit, I guess, is low or in a pickle or like down about something or I'm feeling like I'm not getting answers. If I ask myself like those three questions, I'm not doing at least one of them or I'm not doing it as well as I should be. And I feel like those are the primary, we always hear those primary answers, go to church, read your scriptures, say your prayers. But like, that's really what it's about. Right? Like if you're not doing those things, you're not going to, you're not going to thrive on the path. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. No, I, I I love that. I love that. Um, and this my, my last theme, and that kind of goes right along with that, is that the, the solution or the, the problems are complex and the problems are painful and they are complicated and they're unfortunate and they're frustrating. But the solutions to all of these problems, all of the world's problems are simple things. And that was originally difficult for me to, to really grasp and to be okay with and to like be on board with because I I like complexity generally or I have in the past I think I'm I'm liking complexity less and less but I, I generally like you know complex things and complex solutions and and really cool diagrams of the world and whatnot but the Lord's solutions are all simple it's it's yeah. doing the little things like the 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 answer to losing a loved one like lose yourself in service, read the scriptures, pray. Like the answer to, Hey, there's a war going on is like, 
lose yourself in service, read your scriptures, pray. Uh, like the answers are the same. Uh, and, and I, I love that because the Lord's ways are, are higher than our ways. And it's so counterintuitive, but it's doing these things that we find peace. And I recognized for the first time during this conference that a lot of the questions that I have or had really that I thought were so complex or dealt with the complexities of, of the life after this one or, or church governance governance or whatever it was all like my feet, my questions about complex things when I prayed about them and I really studied and pondered it, they, I never it's not that I never got answers like direct answers, but I, I didn't you I don't usually get a clear answer of this is why this is this way. Uh, usually what has happened, and I didn't realize this again until this conference, but the questions just distance themselves from me as I kept doing the little things. Like mm-hmm. the, the questions just stopped mattering. It's not that I found the qu- the answers to the question, but yeah. My, my focus and my priority shifted. So it didn't matter. And yeah. I think that's, that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. I really love that. Okay. Well, do you have anything else you want to share? Nope. Just please okay. everybody, if you get a chance, go re-listen, re-watch, re-read or read, watch and listen for the first time. General conference. I think it's just, it's such a powerful, powerful blessing that our father in heaven has given us. And I'm excited to reread it. I'm trying to, to listen to all of it again in the next week or so. I like to listen to it really quick right after conference. So I can get a good recap. And then, um, after that kind of dive into a deeper, a deeper study of each individual talk. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited. I invite everybody to do that. And participate in president Nelson's challenge to let go or end a conflict in yourself, whether that's between you and someone else or just yourself. Okay. Well, I will wrap up then. Um, if you love what you're hearing over here on outpost of heaven, the podcast, please leave us a rating and review. Find us on Instagram at outpost of heaven. We would love to connect with you and to hear about your favorite general conference talks um, and discuss that with you. Also next week, we are sharing our episode with Marin Drew Bay. Um, She, we already recorded this episode and it was absolutely incredible. She um, is a young mother who was recently diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she talks about her journey through that. And it was amazing. So we're really excited to share that with you next week. All right, guys, keep the faith. Bye.